Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. What's up and welcome to episode one of the Fantasy Football Fanatics podcast as part of the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. My name is Fitzy and I'm joined down the line by Uncle G, the man who goes by Madman, Mr. Matt Grace. What is going on, sir? Uh, not much, Fitzy. We're obviously uh, footy seasons uh, done and dusted for both of us now with our teams out, but uh, we're on to a big uh, season of NFL. It's exciting. It's back, and it was a late uh, Sunday night, Monday morning for myself, trying to get uh, as much in as possible. So I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> for this new show, though. That bit of yeah. a tongue twister, the uh, the <laughs> heading, but um, you can just call us Triple F, I suppose. <laughs> we <Triple> F. That. <laughs> That's right. Maybe not always, but um, no, I love it. It, it. Of course, yeah, you would have seen our faces on Grey Wolf footy through the AFL season, but we now switch jerseys, don't we, Gracie, to NFL. And this particular show has been rumoured for, for quite a while, and we're finally finally getting around to doing it, which is really exciting. It's a little bit late, a little bit close to week two, but uh, I guess officially this is our week one edition. But before we jump into the games and, and run through some positions, Gracie, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and how much you love the NFL and who you support? Yeah, so obviously, as you said, everyone's seen us on the footy footy podcasts, and um, um, I mainly, I think I got into NFL um, from you, Fitzy, mainly just doing fantasy. I think that's how I got right into it. I used to watch a, a bit of it, mainly Patriots. I'm a diehard, I guess you say, Patriots fan, but I'm just a lover of NFL in, in general, as people can probably see. I'm wearing a Bears uh, <laughs> jersey. I've got a few different uh, team jerseys like yourself, Fitzy, so, but um, no, I'm definitely... A Patriots man through and through, so um, hopefully no one hates me for that. But um, no, it's and just yeah, getting more into it with doing fantasy, and I think that's what you do with sports these days. Is you get it right into a sport, you got that connection through fantasy football with your mates and and uh, trying to be competitive. So, but um, yeah, it's it's exciting that this time of year it's obviously warming up for us in Australia, and we're uh, right into those late nights watching the games and. Obviously, watching the Super Bowl once we once we get there. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good point, especially in Australia, as you sort of alluded to. Very early Monday morning starts to check the scores and be you know disappointed when players are injured and and whatnot, which is always a bit of fun. And uh, especially this time of year, where you know like without daylight savings kicking in, you know the games are sort of starting early. So by the time you wake up. You know, you've sort of got a half of football in the bag and you can kind of watch the end and see your players are going. But as you sort of mentioned, yeah, I probably did get you started on the fantasy football side. I've been doing it. My first season was 2012. And I remember the exact reason that you said just as a way to get into the sport. I remember my first season, I joined a random group, drafted Ray Rice in the first round, Tony Romo a bit later on, some of these names that are long gone, and uh, won my first season of fantasy football, which is pretty cool. But uh, follow the Ravens, uh, diehard Ravens fan, and uh, you know, it hasn't been a great start to the season for us, but um, plenty of injuries. Good God, a lot of ACLs coming out of the Ravens camp, but uh, hopefully we can pick it up in the as the season unwinds. But um, how about, Gracie, we sort of unwrap what this show is all about. Of course, fantasy football fanatics. It's targeted towards fantasy football, but we will talk a bit of just general NFL news because we love it. But what we're going to do is we're going to break down the show into positions to sort of start with. We're going to fill it out and see how we go, but we're going to run through 
quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. So talk about studs and duds from the week, maybe some injuries that have popped up, what we're doing, who we're looking for uh, on the waiver wire, who we're looking for to bounce back. But we're going to talk about some defense and special teams streaming options as well. And as I just said, we'll go over some waiver wire options for the week. And this week's a little bit tricky because we've started a bit late. Uh, it'll probably be a few guys that have already been picked up, but there's a couple little gems in there that I wouldn't mind picking up just with some injury situations and I suppose some backfield situations becoming more clearer with who backups are. But how'd your team go very quickly before we jump in, Gracie, for the week? Yeah, I um I had some all right players, but I did lose, unfortunately. I lost by, I think, about 20 points in the end. So um, I had the Ravens' defense. Um, didn't quite hold up for me, but... Um, and then just had some uh, a couple of disappointing players, but um, my man uh, Kamara, who we'll talk about, Fitzy, starred for me again, and um, and a, a quarterback who I took a punt on um, did quite well, which we'll get get stuck into. But uh, I lost mm. week one for lights Kamara action. So um, <laughs> what about yourself? Uh, yeah, I, I came second as well. I'm not going to go there. A few very underperforming players, but you'll find out that Gracie and I get very competitive and we have a league full of uh, some friends from our sort of local town and we'll talk about that and joke about it as we go through. But how about we start working through some positions, Gracie? Let's kick it off with the quarterbacks and the studs for the week and it starts off with none other than two of the hottest picks of the year, dude, Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes. Both just put on a show, led their teams to victory and I guess it's kind of that draft strategy is you sort of either pick a quarterback early or you wait but these guys put on a show to start the season off oh, it was unreal and you know Mahomes did it from you know coming from behind they were down early uh, by a little bit so he uh, he fought back and and dominated um, I suppose the, the big key to, for these two fits is they do have a lot of rushing yards yep. and, and and do get in um, for rushing touchdowns as well so that's a, a huge bonus if you if you pick them up. So I did have Kyler Murray ready to go to pick, and unfortunately I uh, I missed out on him in our draft. So I feel like I was similar to what you said is you go you know you get a Kyler Murray or Mahomes or you just wait it out um, and see who's left at the end. You know this year you know a hundred percent bet you know someone like a Tom Brady was probably not drafted in your league. So and he had a pretty good week one. So um, but yeah, very very good start for Murray and Mahomes, Fitzy. That's for sure. Yeah, and the guy you want to talk about, I know who it is. It's Jalen Hurts. <laughs> he had a huge week one, led the uh, Philadelphia to a huge win against Atlanta that sort of came out of nowhere in a way. He had three touchdowns thrown, but I know he, you were on him early in the preseason for a big year, and he, he finished last year off really strongly and sort of picked off where he, where he left off last year. Yeah, his last four weeks last year were, were quite huge. I think he even had a 37-point game in there somewhere, so... Um, which is massive for for a quarterback yeah. um, standard for someone like a Mahomes though obviously but um, no hurts Fitzy I'm you know putting it out there he'll be I reckon a top five or ten quarterback um, for this yeah. season I think you know and we'll get stuck into the weapons he's got on his offense as well but he's another guy that um, that uses his legs as well so I think he went for sixty odd rushing yards as well so that helped his score too so I was very happy with that pick as I said you know missed out on Murray but. Um, Went all in on uh, on Jalen Hurts, Fitzy, and um, week one he's come up with the goods for me, so I'm very happy with that selection yeah. so far. So I suppose yeah. the, the the next one getting you know stuck onto um, Fitzy's you know it was massive question marks is Jameis Winston. Um, there I don't know what your your oh. thoughts are on, on him. 
What a game, hey? He went for 148 yards through the air, but five touchdowns, and one of them to your boy, Alvin Kamara. Like, there were a lot of question marks around the Saints offense, particularly as a Kamara owner, because he relied on those Drew Brees dumps over the top. But Winston just came out and just went to town. And look, here's the thing, though. Can he build on that? 148 yards is not a lot of offense coming from a quarterback. He loves to throw it downfield. We know what he did at Tampa Bay. I think he was like a top five quarterback in 2019, I reckon, just before uh, Fitzmagic came over uh, and sort of took the show. But they made Green Bay look like a team of amateurs. And look, I'm not... I'm. I may have some a few things to say on Jameis Winston later in the show, but you couldn't be happy with that as a Saints fan. Oh, you'd be you'd be stoked, and you know, um, we'll get stuck in. You know, you've still got some weapons to come back in um, to that offense as well. So um, look out for for Winston there. I guess the thing for me for Winston is you've got to uh, you you ride the highs, and you've you've mm. definitely got to ride the lows. So because um, he can definitely produce those shockers. But uh, five touchdowns, good start. You couldn't have asked for a better start. Um, as you you know, you debut for for the Saints and yep. um, him and Kamara, like he went to Kamara quite a lot, even just on those short short wide throws. And um, you know, Kamara um, will get stuck into him shortly. But yeah, it's uh, you know, good first week. And as you said, they make Green made Green Bay look like a, one of the worst teams in the <laughs> NFL. So um, yeah, very interesting to see how it moves in um, to week two and further on for Winston. Yeah, and, and he did find Jawan Jones a couple of times, the tight end for a few touchdowns. We know the Saints love to use their tight ends going back to the Jimmy Graham day. So watch how that sort of plays out. But a couple of names I want to throw at you here, Gracie. And just for, for the record, we are using, using standard scoring formats. We're not a PPR league, so we will just talk standard scoring. Three guys that found new homes in the offseason. Those are Jared Goff, Tyrod Taylor, now as the starter at Houston, and Matt Stafford all had good starts. Of course, Goff didn't get the win, but man, he lit up the fantasy world in, in in a sense, and he scored 28.92 points, which is very handy. And I was just going to point this to you. These three guys are potentially sitting on the waiver wire. Are any of them worth a pickup, or do you sort of sort of play it out and, and just sort of wait and see? I reckon you'd be, uh, you know, looking at them each week and just checking their matchups more than anything. Like, you know, I watched um, Stafford's game, and he was unreal. Um, great, great game. And his first, like, they obviously um, took the ball first, and... His first play was, you know, straight pass, unreal. So I'm yep. looking forward to, you know, <clears throat> there's talks that he's he's definitely in the uh, MVP candidate, especially with the weapons he's got um, at his disposal as well. So um, uh, out of those three, I think if you're going to pick one, I think I'd pick Stafford at the moment. You know, he's been in the league for, I think, 12 years. Um, and, you know, he's just just proved it on the weekend that he's that MVP caliber and, um, you know, We'll just wait and see, but it's definitely, yeah. you know, an upside for the Rams, that's for sure. I like it. I reckon Matt Stafford's been disrespected many years in fantasy football. He's had some good weapons in the past, but how about Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson they added to their offense too, don't forget. He's still got Tyler Higby there at tight end. Like, I think he yeah. could be right up there, and Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the league. So watch yeah. this space for Matt Stafford, but let's keep moving through, Gracie. A few duds for the week, and a few surprise <laughs> names popped up in this category. One of them is, unfortunately, my quarterback. Not not worried too much just yet, but let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Didn't even crack two points in that game we mentioned earlier against the Saints. 133 yards, zero touchdowns, and I wrote a note next to his name that he sucked. That's probably the worst <laughs> game he's ever played. Oh, it, it wasn't just him, though. It was the whole Green Bay team and even their defense. And, you know, they, they just didn't give any room for 
for him to even Aaron Jones to get through yeah. and and, um, and get running yards. So um, it was just a, an all round great performance from a Saints defense who probably we didn't think would be that good. So um, you know Green Bay they've got questions to ask Fitzy there. Mm. You know they've got an MVP on this as their quarterback and um, you know he's he's in the I guess tw- getting towards the twilight end of his career and he's chasing that um, inevitable Super Bowl ring i suppose and um he definitely as you said he definitely sucked on the weekend so (laughs) um, we'll we'll see how he goes week two i mean uh, aaron Rodgers is good enough that we we know he'll bounce back and he can bounce back with a with a big bang so unfortunately if you had him in fantasy i mean you'd be silly if if he was on your waiver wire in one of your leagues i think so um but yeah keep an eye and i reckon he'll bounce back Oh, surely he can't get any worse than that. And of course, that was the roll on effect for <clears throat> Devontae Adams and Robert Tonyan as well, who barely even got going. But here's a theory for you. And I read this on Twitter. Obviously, there was all the, uh, you know, the spat between Aaron Rodgers and ownership. He was going to get traded at one point, then he wasn't. Is there any chance this is a little bit of an FU to the organization just to come out and completely crap the bed? Maybe it could be because, like, he didn't look all that interested in, in, I didn't see the whole game, but. Um, watch watch parts of it, but um, yeah, he definitely looked a bit disinterested, especially early in the game. Um, you know, just didn't look as energetic, and you know, being a quarterback, you're the leader of that offense, so um, you know, you might you'll see guys that you know might be struggling a little bit. You know, you might see him at Holmes who starts off a bit slow in a game, but you'll always see him, you know, pumping up his offense, and yep. you know, once he gets a, a good pass off, you see him, you know, celebrating and and running down the down the field, so. Um, there wasn't much of that from Aaron Rodgers on the weekend, but I don't think yep. there was much of it from the whole Green Bay team, unfortunately. No. So, but yep. um, I don't know. It's an interesting point. It's something that will develop, I think, over the over the coming weeks. That's for sure. Yeah, and look, it all comes down to the weapons that they've got at Green Bay. I mean, they're essentially the same team as they were last year. Rob, uh, Randall Cobb's back in town. Like they're fairly, they're a very strong offense, and they always will be. Yeah. So, look, maybe it could be a buy low option if you're really keen to try and steal Aaron Rodgers. Is he still has that top ten potential? But let's yeah. run through a few more names here, Gracie. Justin Herbert was the guy that I picked up. I'm still tipping him for a big season. He scored a measly 13 points. Didn't find the end zone, but they did get the win over Washington. And the game script probably just wasn't there. It was a very low scoring game. It was sort of played on the ground quite a bit still had 337 yards but out of all the quarterbacks this week other than probably big ben and baker mayfield like there wasn't too many disappointments i didn't think so i had to throw justin herbert out there putting him on notice for my team yeah absolutely and you know one to keep an eye out on fitzy as well is um fields from the uh the bears he'll he got a couple of goes and and got a rushing touchdown himself so He's getting in the action early, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you see him as the number one quarterback in the next couple of weeks um, myself. So he's got massive potential with his legs, and 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 he's got a great throwing arm. So um, I've stashed him on the bench. I, I got in early because I know he's going to be a hot property. I know in our league, the boys don't muck around when it comes to the waiver wire. So as I've already found no. out this week. So um, no, but yeah, no, it's some exciting uh, players, I suppose. You know, and number one draft pick Fitzy was a bit. Uh, Probably not, you know, uh, up to standard. Um, you know, you got uh, Mac Jones from the Patriots. He was okay. He wasn't, um, you know, superstarish. But, um, you know, we'll see. It's only week one. And we yep. usually find that, you know, you get a couple of bolters early on and then they sort of dwindle out towards the end of the season. So that's we'll, true. Uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, that's true. And you can think of many of those from years gone by. Look up, was it Kevin Ogletree, that game for Dallas in about 2013? He had like three touchdowns a week one and didn't do anything <laughs> the season. So 
Definitely hold on to your number one waiver position. That's probably the, the advice I'd give this week. I don't think, even with the situation with the 49ers, I don't think there's anyone worth burning a number one waiver on, but we'll talk about that a bit later on. Before we keep going here, just a couple of names I wanted to throw around, Gracie. Matt Ryan, he crapped the bed as well. Not for him in particular, but more for his offense. I think that uh, Calvin Ridley, Cole Pitts were both very ineffective in that game. We'll, we'll talk about them shortly as well, but they were absolute, absolutely putrid against yeah. hurt the Eagles. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Fitz magic, he's out for a few months. Uh, and it's not looking good. I mean, he's the one who I was very tempted to take a, a late round flyer on, uh, but he's going to be out for a while now. And Taylor Hineke comes in and, and hopefully yeah. can do something with that Washington offense because other than Antonio Gibson, they're looking pretty thin. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're... Um... Definitely, I think their their defense will win a lot of games from this year. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there is reports that Fitz the the Fitzpatrick show might be out for a bit longer than the six to eight weeks, Fitzy. So that was reported late today that um, yeah. there's a few few question marks there. But um, it's a big blow for him, and um, yeah, you just hope he he gets back because we know what um what he can do on a on an NFL oh. field. So. Man, full disclosure, he's probably my favorite player. Watching him sling bombs down the field in uh, when he was at the Buccaneers a couple of seasons ago, and he walked out with the sunglasses on. Remember without the shirt and like, yeah. good times. What a character! <laughs> but hey, let's keep moving through. We've got some running backs to talk about. And the first guy that I was all over this preseason is Joe Mixon. He came out and made a statement: twenty-nine carries for one hundred and twenty-seven yards and a touchdown. He had too much hate this preseason, Gracie. I'm just putting that out there. I think he did go off during the game at one point, but came straight back out. I mean, the Bengals have got to score somehow. I mean, Joe's going to throw the ball a lot, but I really think Mixon can show that, you know, he's a top five, top 10 running back. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's um, you know, 29 carries, massive usage for, uh, especially yeah. week one. Um, I think he's always been thereabouts. I think he's, as you said, he's been at a, Definitely this preseason, but I think most seasons he's been sort of pegged back from the those mm. top echelon running backs. Like we always talk about the Camaras, the Barclays, the, I guess, Gurleys in years gone past, Melvin Gordons, those sort of guys. Yeah. But, um, you know, Mixon's sort of just gone under the radar a little bit, um, in my opinion. So, now as he showed on the weekend, he, you know, probably got his team over the line and was, you know, 29 carries, able to move the, the ball forward for your team's a, a huge advantage. Yeah. Um, you know they'll be they'll be dangerous this year. I think the Bengals. So um, they've got some good weapons on offense, and um, you know obviously uh, Burrow's back in there. Like it's, it's exciting. Uh, it is, for, yeah. For Bengals fans. So, um, but no, he's definitely definitely uh, one that if you picked him, you'd be very very happy with his start, and hope he, hopefully yeah. keep uh, keep it going. I certainly am. In a league where you'd agree, Gracie, that they're trending more towards running backs by committee in a lot of situations, he's probably one true three-down back, really, with uh, Giovanni Bernard moving over to the Buccaneers as well. Like he just He's just on the field whenever he's healthy, so I'm looking for a big season out of him. But one guy that I'm a little bit scared of and could be even better than he was a few years ago is Christian McCaffrey. He scored a lazy 18.7 points with 21 carries, 98 yards, and nine receptions for 89. That's a huge day in PPR leagues, but he didn't even find the end zone and he still scored almost 20 points they snuck over the line against the jets but that is scary oh it's super scary we know um he was a bit injury plagued last year um and it, you know then the year before it was just no one could get near him and yeah. i think um i think i don't know i think uh tom harden might have had him in our league i think i'm pretty sure he got close to winning the league just from having McCaffrey. Yeah. so um you know he's the guy that can can score you 40 points more than once in a season. Um, you know, we saw Camaro do it last year, go that have that big game. But 
McCaffrey, to me, is probably the only one that can do it on a consistent basis because he just gets so much usage with carries and receptions. So um, you wouldn't be uh, too concerned that he didn't get in the end zone on the weekend, I don't think so. Nah, um, you'd be very happy. You know. and, 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 you know, sort of seeing some highlights from that game. It was a very scrappy game. So, you know, when they get a game that it's on their, a bit more on their terms, I think you'll find McCaffrey will get um, a bit more loose um, and, and definitely find that end zone. He'll, he'll definitely get a lot more uh, chances. That's for yeah. sure, in week two. So. <laughs> Your number one draft pick, mind you. But let's keep moving through this. One guy I wanted to throw on there, David Montgomery. He was handy. Probably a little disrespected again during the draft where he was getting picked up. But he had a huge uh, huge effort against the Rams. They went down. But 16 carries for 108 yards and one touchdown. I actually think he passed the eye test and possibly was the pick of the running backs. Purely just on how good he looked. Oh, absolutely. For... For one, watching um, a fair bit of that game, that um, you know they were they were in trouble early um, against the Rams, and and he just yeah was able to plow through, get some first downs, mm. got in the end zone. Um, yeah, he just looked unreal, and I think he'll be yep. uh, he's like a bit like Joe Mixon, he'll get majority of the uh, the snaps and um, and, and yep. the offense in that that team. So another yep. one that if you if you picked him, you'd be very very happy with week one and. Definitely um, plenty to plenty to build on. And, like, you know, that's in a – he scored that in a loss. Like, imagine, you know, they get a good, good win, good comfortable win. Um, very exciting. I can I think he can keep yards but carry total up because he's a very crafty running back. And Tariq Cohen's out as well. He's on the IR, I'm pretty sure, for a little while. So he's got every chance to just be the workhorse back in that team. But let's talk Detroit Lions, Gracie. They're often a, uh, a wasteland for fantasy, especially for running backs. But Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift – both had over 100 yards uh, from scrimmage and both found the end zone. DeAndre Swift was one that probably, again, disrespected during preseason, during training camp. He was injured at one point. I think it was the hamstring he was carrying in. But I'll tell you what, both of these guys look like they're worth rostering. And I see you make a point there. Maybe the best duo in the NFL. And look, I'm making a big call that you could be right. Yeah, I mean, they just looked unreal, didn't they? They, they shared the workload and um and both got in the end zone like I, I think if you've got two threats like that in your offense that are that good i think you, you're going to use them every week and use them immensely a, a yeah. lot so you know they're, they're going to chew up you know probably 75 to 80 percent of the offense um there so i think the only you know thing that that will stop them will be an injury so um you know that, that i mean this game was a, a bit of a shootout being uh 41 33 uh, you said they lost, but um, you know that's a decent effort in a in a losing team. That you know their offense was, I guess, on the park just as much as their defense. So um, no, it's it's exciting times um, at Detroit, and um, I suppose we're just just you know it's week one. We know, but um, yeah. yeah, as you said, I'm, I'm calling that they, they could be the best duo uh, one two punch in the in the NFL. So I love it. Exciting Me. exciting times for them. Dude, we need some early calls, and that's an early one, and I really like it. Both with flex value, and I put DeAndre Swift at RB2, and you think that's probably where it fits in. But we yeah. need to get on to the situation at San Francisco. Of course, Raheem Mostert, as is tradition, got injured in the first game of the season. That opened up the door for Elijah Mitchell. He had an awesome game, 19 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. But... Trey Sermon was a scratch for the game. Uh, Jermichael Hastie got a few touches, and Jeff Wilson is on the IR. And look, in years gone by, we have seen the 49ers somewhat successfully use a running back by committee. Is Mitchell the clear-cut back here, or are you thinking that Sermon could pop up maybe mid-season and take that job? It was hard because Sermon, 
his average draft position was quite high in, in you know, yeah. mock drafts and even people doing their fantasy drafts. So um, he went early in ours and then obviously was a healthy scratch. So I unfortunately had Raheem most at Fitzy and he scored me a whole two points. So that was the, uh, that's what started the rot for my side this week. But, um, you know, I was number four on the waiver list and I didn't get Elijah Mitchell. So I was a bit, um, bit crappy on that, but that's all right. But I, I think... You got to be careful. I think, as as you said, we've seen the committee in the past. So, you know, when um, Jeff Wilson comes back, you know, there's it's quite likely that, you know, by then that Sermon could be the number one back, and and Mitchell might not be getting anything. So, um, it's just a, a wait and see. It's very hard with that 49ers offense to know who's going to be the standout each week, I suppose. But um, yeah. look, you know, he's proved a, a good week one, and you know, it'd be very hard if they didn't play Sermon this week. Um, in week two, so um, yeah, yeah. Look, you'd probably start him at a flex if, if you had to. Um, I would probably even you know if you don't need to start him at flex, I'd I'd just hold him on your bench for the moment because he could if he explode if a Mitchell has two or three or four games of amazing scoring, well then you're going to sell him high, aren't you? Because it's most likely that once uh, Jeff Wilson's mm-hmm. back, that that the committee will form probably a bit more, and you might yeah. find that he'll drop off a little bit. That's just I guess my my thoughts on him. Yeah, it's a tough situation. Like I said, they have made the running back by committee work, but I think I actually think Jeff Wilson is worth a stash if you've got an IR spot because we've seen him in the past be very effective, a bit like most. They're very effective from their touches, the 49ers running backs. They obviously draft a certain type. So I'd be throwing a, a, a not a waiver wire, I'd be throwing a, a, three, a free agent line out to Jeff Wilson and whack him on your IR if you have the spot. But another running back situation, Gracie, that's got even more clouded through the week is the Ravens. My poor Ravens losing players uh, to ACLs left, right, and center. Of course, Gus the bus went down with an ACL. They've scrambled yep. to pick up Le'Veon Bell. They scrambled to claim Latavius Murray, and they've signed Devonta Freeman to the practice squad. It's an absolute mess. But Tyson Williams, he had a fairly solid outing. He had, what do we got here, nine carries for 65 yards and one touchdown. But the problem was... About after halftime, the game script kind of changed. Latavius Murray came into the game. We all know Lamar Jackson is probably the best running back on the Ravens. Look, are you buying into any of this, or are you just going to avoid it altogether? Oh, it's hard. I've picked him up in one of the other leagues that I just jumped into, um, just as a, a more of a flex bench cover. It's hard, as you said. You got Lamar Jackson, who's the number probably the best, or not probably is the best running back on the, the Ravens have got. But Murray just offers that something else doesn't he fit he's got that experience and and he's performed quite well in previous years so i don't know it's, he's going to have the opportunity to shine i think but i think as you said when game scripts change i think you'll find lamar will probably run a bit more and yep. you know when he's um uh you know needs to throw he'll throw so um it's it's hard it'll be one week like you said this week he's scored 15.4 fantasy points and next week it could could, could quite easily be 4.5 fantasy points yep. like it's just very, very hard. I think if, you know, Edwards was still the number one, I think you'd be no problems with having him as you like RB2 even. Um, I think you'd be fine there. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a tough one. I think tough it's one. just a wait and see on Williams. I wouldn't be, as you said, going out of your way to to lose your number one waiver wire spot to get him um, just purely because of the situation at the Ravens um, yeah. and yeah. Lamar Jackson and Murray. If it, Murray starts, you know, performing quite well. He could quite easily, you know, 
push Williams down the pecking order. So yep. The problem with Murray, and as we saw with uh, Alvin Kamara at the Saints, Murray does vulture the touchdowns quite a bit because he's a big body. He gets through. So I don't know. Look, I mean, you got to look back to last season. You know, Mark Ingram had some value with the Ravens. You know, in the past, that's kind of been how it is with Lamar Jackson. Then there's going to be games where Lamar throws it 15 times and he has 20 rushes. Like it's just, it's very yeah. hard to pick which Ravens running back to start. But of course, they're all worth rostering and maybe just find out how that situation plays out and see how we go. And good luck for the Ravens. I'm a bit nervous about the season, but um, what do you do? But let's keep moving through, Gracie. One name I'm going to throw at you that we just have pulled out of nowhere, really. Mark Ingram. He was almost the... the, He was... didn't look like the Mark Ingram of old from the Saints days. But, man, he had 26 carries, 85 yards, and one touchdown. He might be the back to own in Houston, of course. David Johnson has gone from the number one fantasy running back to the number three on that roster. Of course, they added Philip Lindsay. All three of those backs found the end zone. But I reckon if Mark Ingram sitting in your free agent list right now, why not throw him in on the bench and just see how this plays out? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I see you picked him up in our league uh, earlier Did. today. So, um the only thing that concerns me with Ingram is his um, his yards per carry. Obviously, twenty six carries for eighty five yards, but he's going to get that opportunity. You know, it, it could quite easily turn that twenty six carries into one hundred and twenty yards, and then mm-hmm. you're laughing and, and a couple of touchdowns. But he's going to get a lot of the goal line work, as you said. Though all three of them found the end zone. Philip Lindsay's more your passing back. Um, he'll get a lot of receptions, I think. And uh, as you said, Johnson's a, a tough one. He might get you know four or five carries a game, but He's going to, probably going to get the opportunity near the goal line as well. So, yeah. um, I don't think it's going to be so much of a committee. I think it's whoever's on will be will get will be on in that game. So, if you find, you might find next week Ingram starts off very very poor, so they'll throw um, Johnson in, and then all of a sudden Johnson you know gets a couple of good carries, then they might run with him. So, I think it's a mm. it's a week by week sort of thing for um, Houston. But there's going to be plenty of usage with those running backs. Obviously, Deshaun Watson not there at quarterback. Um, for this season at this stage, so um, plenty for the plenty of usage for the running backs there. Yeah, one, I think it's been one of those situations with Houston. Not to go on about them for too much, but like David Johnson last year, he was startable every third week. You know, Lamar yeah. Miller for the two years before that was the same. Like it's really hard to find when you start those Houston guys. You put them on the bench, they score twenty. Throw them in your roster, and they score five. So definitely a wait and see. Look, it might just take an injury to one of those guys to give uh, Mark Ingram a more clearer role. But it's definitely worth uh, sticking on the bench and waiting to see what happens. But got to talk about your boy Gracie before we move <laughs> on to Elvin Kamara. So you snuck him in there. He had twenty carries, if you don't mind, on the weekend, yeah. which usually he sits around the sort of twelve to fifteen mark. But he's you know used to all those dump offs and catches from Drew Brees. So he only had three receptions, but one of those was for a touchdown. It's going to be interesting. You have flags here that, of course, he is the man until Michael Thomas returns, which is completely true. But, you know, a different game plan maybe with Jameis Winston. But if he gets those carry numbers up, like he could be the all-round running back that we know that he that he is. Yeah, I watched, as I said, watch this one for majority of it. And, you know, he wasn't gaining huge um, meters, but he was just, he looked like the Camaro of old, just, you know, last season, he, just apart from his last game, he went bananas. But there was games <laughs> last year where he looked like he was struggling a little bit. Um, and, you know, we, we know what he's like. We know what he's capable of. So um, he just looked like the Camaro of old. He looked fit. Um, you know, new offense, new quarterback. It just looked um, looked like they're all energized and, and ready to go. So um, it's exciting times for... Saints fans and and um, you know I'm excited to have Kamara as my uh, as mine RB one so I'm excited I'm hoping for a, a 53 point game Fitzy where he scores six touchdowns again but right. we'll we'll wait and see. 
if he has a terrible game next week, I'm going to wear my Camaro jersey just to be a bit of a smart ass. <laughs> let's get a few duds from the week. And no alarm bells here with any of these guys. And it, it, look, it is only at the end of week one. We're not really getting too alarmed about anyone. We're not dropping anybody. But James Robinson's the first one. A very meager 5.4 points. Carlos Hyde took some work off him. He only ended up with five carries and three receptions. But Urban Meyer, people have said this guy is a high school high school coach or a college coach. He shouldn't be coaching NFL. He's already come out and said that we need to get James Robinson involved more. I don't know what else we can say about him. Get him in the game. Like Trevor Lawrence needed. But he threw three picks, I'm pretty sure, three interceptions. So he needed a few more <laughs> yards on the ground. So hopefully it's going to turn around. But, I mean, Robinson's no more than a flex play at this stage. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I agree with you. I think the the game script also may have led to them needing to to throw a bit more. And, and as you said, there was some um, interceptions as well, which hurt. But uh, look, James Robertson, we know what he did last year, Fitzy, and um, he's just an absolute mm. beast. So uh, I agree. I think they need to get him more involved, and and you got to get him carrying the ball. Like you know, five carries for twenty five yards. That's pretty good yards per carry. So um, it definitely um, they definitely need to get him more involved. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll keep moving through a few of these. Najee Harris for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He only had 16 carries for 45 yards. They got up against the Bills and a pretty surprised win there, Gracie. But one thing is he had 100% of the Steelers' backfield share. And yeah. I'm often noting there to try and maybe buy low. And I know it's very hard to buy low after week one. Like No one's really looking to get rid of anybody. But if that trend continues and, say, he comes in in week two, maybe has a similar kind of usage, I'm going to throw a few sort of overperforming running backs or maybe an RB2 and a wide receiver of some sort to try and package up because it's all about usage in fantasy and he's got a clear-cut role. I just just hope that he can put it together. So do I, Fitz. You know, I've sneakily already thrown a trade uh, the person's way who does have Najee Harris because I know that he's he's the guy. He's the guy at Pittsburgh. And, yeah. um, you know, the Bills' defense are, are you know, one of the best in the in the business. So um, even though the, the Steelers did get the win, but... Um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll find that, you know, in future, 16 carries will be more like 110 yards for, for Harris, in my opinion, and maybe a touchdown or two. So I totally agree, Fitzy. I think it's going to be a, it's going to definitely be a trading war in the next couple yeah. of weeks in our league, I think, yeah. for this guy. So, yeah. um, you know, especially with myself losing uh, most of the time, I'm definitely going to try and um, wiggle a trade somehow. Um, to get Harris if I can. Well, the thing is, if the Harris owner went RB, RB with his first two picks or her first two picks and they've got a strong RB1 and they've lost their first couple of games, you might be able to throw a, a trade in there to try and sort of pry mm. Harris off their hands. But, you know, see what happens there. But two guys yeah. I want to just quickly mention here, Gracie. Funnily enough, my two starting running backs in a different league, Zeke Elliott and Saquon Barkley. Zeke probably had his toughest matchup in terms of defenses against the Bucks for the season. Only the 11 carries. He didn't do too much with it. He almost got in the end zone towards the end of the game. But Saquon Barkley is the one I just want to quickly mention. I feel he's going to be a very slow burn. He didn't even play 50% of the snaps on the weekend. So it might be worth picking up Devontae Booker just to see what happens in that situation because he's definitely not getting rushed back. No, and they're, they're going to leave it to him. He's a, he's a franchise quarterback, uh, not quarterback, running back, Barkley, yep. and he's got the similar traits to a McCaffrey. He can play the receiving game as well. So, yeah, they're, they're going to take it easy with, with Barkley. And, you know, he was available in with my first pick. And I love Saquon Barkley. Absolutely unreal. But coming back from an ACL, um, it's a big, big ask to perform straight out of the block. So, um, I'd, uh, as you said, slow burn. And whoever's got him, if he has a couple of low-performing weeks, you could always try and buy low um, on him as well. Because yeah. I think by the time we get to 
you know, about halfway through the year, I think that's when he'll start finding his feet and get back to his uh, his best. So, yeah. as you said, Zeke, uh, we know what Zeke does. So, he'll be no problems for, for week two, that's for sure. I definitely agree. And it wasn't, was Adrian Peterson came back from the ACL and had an MVP year that sort of following season. So, it could still happen. We'll just wait and see. Yeah. But, hey, let's talk some wide receivers, Grace. There's a few names here I'm going to throw at you and a few we'll just sort of skip over. But Tyreek Hill... I know you got. I know you love him. We don't have to go too far into his stats. Eleven receptions, 197 yards, as you do. One touchdown, 15 targets was massive. He's going to be the number one wide receiver this year. Gracie, change my mind. Oh, I don't think I can, Fitzy. I think. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are they're going to have big games, but this guy is one that can have a 30, 40 point game quite easily, just because of how quick he is, and and um, Mahomes loves throwing long to him, especially. The way the game went on the weekend was perfect Mahomes Hill uh, game script that they love. So, um, you know, 11 of 15, 197 yards, it's unreal. So, it's um, he doesn't usually do it in week one, though. That's that's the uh, the surprising thing. So, obviously, had a good offseason. And, um, you know, that that, uh, that Chiefs uh, off, offense is looking very dangerous early on. Fitzy, obviously, you know, hurting from that Super Bowl loss last year mm. so but um no i think yeah, i agree with you on this one. i think you'll be going close to being the number one right wide receiver for the year yeah look out and, and his two guys that i feel are very much disrespected in drafts amari cooper in particular he seems to get disrespected anyway and cd lamb they went down to the buccaneers of course but both of them had huge games cooper had two touchdowns on 16 targets 139 yards and cd lamb looked amazing he started the game really well 15 targets for a touchdown as well Dak is back, and I think that's huge. You know, I read a stat when Dak was playing last season, uh, the first few games that he played, Murray Cooper was massive, and I think these guys went too far down in drafts. I reckon that Cooper could have pushed late second, early third round, really, with that kind of usage and the talent that he's got. But Dak really is the key to making the Cowboys tick on offense. Oh, 100%. If um, he's up and firing like he was on um, Thursday night football, um, then these two blokes are... Uh, guys that you uh, you definitely want to have on your on your side and and you know you wouldn't have I mean if you had them both in the same team you probably it's a hard, tough one do you play them both in the same week or because uh, they could quite easily do the opposite but uh, no I'm picking these two to have a massive you know CD Lamb was uh, I'm pretty sure it was a high draft pick as well from memory so um, no very exciting times if you're a Dallas fan, and um, and hopefully for their sake that they can win a few more games. This yeah, year. these two guys will be pivotal in That's making it. that happen. That's it. And we've already spoken about the 49ers offense, Gracie. Debo Samuel came out. Brandon Ayuk was, was nowhere to be seen on offense for some reason. So Debo ate all of those targets, all 12 of them. He finished with nine receptions, 189 yards, and a touchdown. He's got value going forward. I'm putting him at least out of flex, if not WR2. I think, look, George Kittle's attracting a lot of attention from the defense. One of those receivers is going to catch a lot of passes. They do have a tendency to score high. Debo Samuel could have been a bit undervalued going into draft day. He could be. Ayuk, I think um, they did come out and say he had a hamstring um, strain, so he didn't play at all. So um, interesting to see, you know, how that affects them moving forward, whether he, you know, doesn't play much this week and you've got Debo Samuel... Um, there again, but last year I had him last year, fifty on the bench, and he was more injured than he played. But in the games that he played, he he was targeted a lot, and he has big plays as you can see nine nine receptions for one hundred and eighty nine yards. So when they go to him, they go to him big. So 
Um, I like the call at uh, yeah WR two or a flex, but uh, definitely yeah. if you've got him, if you've got two good wide receivers and he's your flex, you you're gonna go a long way this fantasy season as long as he stays healthy. Yep, big call there, and I agree with you. And another one that maybe was disrespected a bit on draft day, and fair enough too, was Corey Davis. He had a really good debut with the Jets. I mean, Zach Wilson has to pass the ball to someone. He finished with 97 yards, a couple of touchdowns, seven targets, and he caught five of them. But, I mean, he was very underwhelming over the years in Tennessee. I mean, look, sometimes these Jets wide receivers do pop up and have a little bit of value. I mean, I'd say he's probably sitting on the waiver wire if it hasn't gone through, but you've got to roster this guy if he's sitting there. Oh, 100%. He's, um, he's got big big, uh, big plays in him and fits in. Um, you know, that they're going to use him. He's, he'd have to be the number one receiver on that team, I think, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, well, uh, as you said, if he's on your waiver wide, definitely stash him on your bench, that's for sure. So, yeah. you know, only seven, seven targets, but, you know, 97 yards, two touchdowns, very, very um, nice stats. Yeah, definitely. And here's three names I'm throwing at you. Three veterans, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, and Antonio Brown. Hopkins and Thielen almost turned back the clock a little bit. They found the end zone twice themselves. I reckon Thielen and Hopkins will both be top 10. Thielen's the one that I think last year, he was out week one. I can't remember if it was a hammy or something like that. He couldn't quite get the season going, but I, I really like him as a smoky for a top 10 finish. But on your opinion on Antonio Brown, Gracie, we all know what he can do. He found the end zone caught five of seven targets, 121 yards. But I've read that he's been living with Tom Brady over the offseason. There's a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa Bay. But out of those three, like, who are you most excited about this season? Oh, it's Antonio Brown for sure. He's We know what he's done in the past, and he's got that big plays in him, um, as, as we saw, you know, five receptions for 121 yards. So um, uh, I'm the same as you. I'm all over Antonio Brown, and he could be the one that takes him to the Super Bowl again this year with him and Brady, yep, their man. connection, as well as Brady and Gronk, uh, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, Antonio Brown, if, if you picked him up, and he would have gone fairly late in in, the, in most drafts as well. So, um, you know, be, be uh, very, very happy with his first game, and, um, and hopefully he can continue that moving forward. But, um, as you said, a lot of mouths to feed Fitzy, and we'll... We'll obviously talk about another Buccaneers uh, wide receiver shortly, but um, yep. exciting times if you're an Antonio Brown owner. Yeah, definitely. And and to go from the veterans to the rookies, and we saw some good rookies come through, like Justin Jefferson's last year. And how about Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Devonta Smith all played really well in week one. They all found the end zone. Like just very serviceable, I think, is the word to use there, Gracie. Of course, like usually these rookies take, take some time to sort of work their way into the season, especially when they've all got fairly young quarterbacks. But I'm huge on Jalen Waddle this year. I think he's the real deal. I think Devonta Smith isn't far away, but... Jamar Chase just came out, and he looked like he's going to be the receiver to own out of all those Bengals uh, wideouts. Oh, absolutely. The, the Bengals wideouts, there's some good uh, good options there, but um, I agree with you. I think Chase is the, the number one guy, and um, he's going to have a big year. Um, him and Joe Mixon are going to be very pivotal in them winning games uh, this year. But I'm all on Devonta Smith, Fitzy. I took him, uh, took him early. I, I don't know if I, I told you I had Thomas lined up ready to go to, to put him on my IR, but I went Devonta Smith instead, and he yep. ended up nabbing Michael Thomas on me. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very high on this guy, especially with Jalen Hurts there as well. I reckon Devonta Smith could quite easily finish top ten wide receiver for mine this year. I'm, uh, I'm making the call and. 
Um, it's yeah, it's exciting. He's got his electric pace. He's athletic. It's just it's good to watch. Yeah, that's it. And you've got like Zach Ertz is out. Like Dallas got it. It's going to take up some targets, but he really is the man there. And I know Miles Sanders catches passes, but. It's a good call. I love it. And we've got to throw a few big calls out early in the show to get ourselves on the map. But before we keep moving on, let's talk about a few duds for the week. And one you sort of alluded to there before, Gracie, Mike Evans, 2.4 standard points. He only had the six targets. He caught three of them. I feel as though Mike Evans is going to go back to the Mike Evans of three or four years ago where he was just boom or bust. I just, yeah. I just like we sort of said, there's so many mouths to feed at Tampa Bay. They've got a fairly solid running game there when they don't, when Ronald Jones doesn't fumble the ball. But Rob Gronkowski is going to eat some targets. He's looking good. He had a couple of touchdowns. We'll talk about him shortly. But is Mike Evans not a weekly starter anymore? Here's the big question. No, I don't think so. I think Gronk's had another, you know, off season with Brady. I mean, they've had many off seasons together, but obviously coming back, he's, you know, fitter again. Yep. Um, they're obviously hungry for another another Super Bowl. Um, Antonio Brown looks unreal fit. As you said, he's been living with Brady. They're, they're Brady's top two targets for mine. Then you got Godwin um, in yeah. there as well. I think Mike Evans, as you said, is going to be boom or bust. I think it's going to be whoever's on on the day. Um, like Mike Evans has to be on, I think, to 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 steal from these other other mouths in that offense. So. Um, like I had Evans last year, but you didn't have the effect of it, of what Antonio Brown did in week one. So I'm mm. uh, very concerned if you, and he would have gone fairly high in, in drafts as well, Mike Evans, because of the year he did have last year. So that was always the question marks. You know, if, if you got him late, like, great. Like, if he's your flex, I'm not too worried. But if he's your wide receiver too, I'd be, I'd be a little concerned and, um, you know, people could, could come in and buy low. You could try and attempt to buy low um, on him, but, is there enough uh, potential there to, to make it a worthwhile yeah. buy-low trade? That's a oh. big question mark. I mean, so. if, if you've got Mike Evans at Flex, you went 0RB, you'd be bloody laughing, that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, yep. well, Chris Godwin had 13 targets. He's the man across the front. So I don't know. I don't know where Evans fits into that offense anymore. I just think, like you said, there's so many mouths to feed. But another veteran and one that switched teams this season was Julio Jones. He's now on the Titans. He was very underwhelming, and that's putting it very lightly there. Three uh, three catches. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Now, what I was going to ask you here, like he had a very underwhelming game. He had a run first team. Obviously, Derek Henry actually wasn't even that good himself. Do you think it's just more the Titans offense hasn't gotten it going just yet? Yeah, I think so. I think I would, don't want to you know, get down on Julio too much um, just after one week. So I think we need a bit more of a sample size to see what this Titans offense is going to do. We know they're a massive run-heavy offense with mm. Henry there, but um, as you said, even he struggled. So it was quite embarrassing uh, loss for the Titans, in my opinion. You know, they've, they've been thereabouts for the past couple of years. And, you know, Tannehill's quite a respectable quarterback. And um, just they just had nothing for him, unfortunately. So yeah, um, wait and see. I wouldn't be too, too, too concerned, though. Yeah, I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Julio. And, of course, there was an injury cloud around here before week one. But AJ Brown's going to take a lot of those targets. But, yeah, nothing to be panicked about now. But I'll be just sitting him on the bench for the time being. But the team that he left, Gracie, was the Atlanta Falcons. We've already quickly touched on Matt Ryan. Kelvin Ridley was <laughs> was just awful. He was like my third-round pick. Uh, he had eight targets still, though, five catches, 51 yards. But I'm not going to talk too much about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm just going to put that down to Atlanta. WTF, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, I agree. It's uh, very unlike Atlanta, especially, you know, Matt Ryan and 
and we'd leave it um we'll uh we'll, we'll just see what happens i was gonna say for my sake and, and a tight end we're gonna talk about i really hope they get it together <laughs> <laughs> I know you went, Kyle Pitts is your man, but you know you're having a bad day when Cordero Patterson is just about out outdoing Mike Davis, you're starting running back, but no more hate for Atlanta. One one guy quickly want to touch on before we move on is Devontae Adams, another guy who would have gone very early in drafts, Gracie. Nothing to be too worried about here right now, wouldn't have thought. It's just a product of Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers having probably his worst day. Oh, I agree. I'm not too concerned. He's an elite talent and... Um... It's another one of those, you know. If, if look, if they do it two, two or three weeks um, out of four, I'd be very concerned. But um, you know, he still had seven targets. He still picked up fifty-six yards. Like if that's a low game for Devontae, you know, you'd be you'd be okay with it, especially the day Rogers had. So um, yeah, yeah, no yeah. concerns for Devontae. Yeah. If he found the end zone, you'd probably take that. But uh, again, I would assume that's going to be his lowest score for the whole season. But let's keep moving through here. We've got another position to go through, and that is the tight end. And the one guy, first cab off the rank here, Gracie, Darren Waller. I've put a big call in here. Is he above Travis Kelsey? We know that John Gruden absolutely loves him. He had 19 targets on the weekend, 19. And Derek Carr ain't thrown it to anyone else. He found the end zone once, 10 receptions, 105 yards in that big win over Baltimore. My big call for the year is Darren Waller finishes tight end number one. That's a big call, Fitzy. I'm, I'm still going to stick with uh, with Kelsey, in my opinion. But Waller's not far behind at all. So... The, the way the game went on the weekend, you know, they, they were looking um, for him. So, as you said, 19 targets. Um, I'd like to say just you know, a couple more games for, for mine. Obviously, Kenyon Drake's gone there as well. So, he's a passing back um, as well. So, we'll just uh, we'll just wait and see. But it's a very, very good start yeah. if you drafted uh, Darren Waller, that's for sure. So, I'd be very, very happy, especially that target share. It's unreal. But... For mine, I think uh, at the moment, or just after week one, I'll still stick with Kelsey. <laughs> just, I'm just throwing the big calls out there, man, because that's what we do. We want to create <laughs> like a bit it. of. <laughs> Another guy <laughs> we've quickly touched on was Gronkowski. He had a very nice day, a couple of touchdowns. He caught eight of eight uh, targets, which is fantastic. No surprise with Tom Brady, 90 yards, and he's now put himself into that category of playing as a week to week tight end. If you've got one of these guys we're about to talk about, Robert Tonyan or Mark Andrews, he might be worth picking up if you're sitting on the waiver wire. Throw him in at tight end because I think Gronk Smash is going to have a big season. Oh, I totally agree. You know, they've built built that chemistry back up, and you know, he's obviously, as I said before, had another off season since. Uh, well, technically retiring, but um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, exciting times. Uh, you know, for I guess for Bucks fans, they're they're in a, a good stead to go back to back. And you know, if Gronk's up and about, then the the Bucks are up and about. So um, it's it's good to see though. You know, Gronk's been a fantasy superstar his whole career. Um, last year he was started off slow, obviously. You know, just getting back into it, and then I um, had him towards the end of the year. He actually performed very very well. So he had those sort of you know he got around that sort of five to eight target mark and caught maybe four or five catches, had a touchdown for, you know, 30 or 40 yards. Like, you know, that's that's respectable for a guy that's come back being out yeah. of the game. So, and then he comes out and does this week one, which also destroyed my fantasy hopes of winning as well. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But no, nah, it's exciting times. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read. Did he catch his 100th touchdown pass from Tom Brady or something like that during the game as well? So, he's it's had, all the. Uh, he's had 102 or 103 touchdowns in his career and 100 have been from Tom Brady. Yeah. So. 
How yeah. cool is that? And look, let's talk about another couple of guys that are just going to be consistent all season. TJ Hawkinson, who was my big pick for the season, he's going to be top five. And your boy, Travis Kelsey, as well. Both of these guys, I want to quickly bring them up. They're just going to get that target share as well. We know what Kelsey can do, but I reckon TJ Hawkinson can really take that step up. He had a good season last year, but with a pretty much non-existent uh, receiver core for the Lions, I think he's a good pick for this year. But those guys, plus your George Kittles, probably make up your top five, I think, Gracie, at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, you got yeah Waller, Waller, Gronk, Hawkinson, Kelsey, and then um, Kittle in there as well. And you know, um, and we'll, we'll talk to him about him very shortly. If it's even my my boy Cole Pitts, I was hoping he'd uh, he'd start off well and and put himself in that conversation, being the I guess the most you know or the best tight end talent we've seen for a very very long time to to come out um, or come into the pros. So, but um, he was obviously yeah. uh, a little disappointing, but. As you said, Atlanta were WTF. So. Well, let's talk about them right now, man. We go to the tight end duds of the week. Kyle Pitts, I hate calling a rookie tight end a dud because we all know that rookie tight ends sort of don't really take off in their first season. But Kyle Pitts, of course, was a big chance to sort of buck that trend. He had eight targets, only caught four of them for 31 yards. But, I mean, you're holding because you would have picked him up, like you're sort of saying, around five or six, seven thereabouts. So you've got to hold on at this point. But maybe you could plug the hole with a Gronkowski off the waiver wire, maybe just for a week or two while they sort this stuff out in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think once they, they get into a bit more of a, a rhythm in that offense, I think you'll find that Pitts will be be very, very dominant um, tight end and, and go-to guy um, along with Ridley. So we'll, yep. uh, no, no alarm bells just yet. Obviously, it's his first NFL game, so... We'll let him have a bit more slack. So. Let him go with that one. That's fair enough. But two guys I'll just bring up as duds before we move on. Mark Andrews was uh, fairly ordinary. Lamar threw the ball 30 times, I'm pretty sure thereabouts. He only had five targets, uh, three receptions. Now, he was a huge uh, presence in that offense a couple of years ago. He's been a very high pick uh, the last couple of seasons in fantasy. But maybe a couple of alarm bells there for Mark Andrews. It's just, it's just just You just don't know what Lamar's going to do. As a Lamar owner in fantasy in the years gone by and a Ravens fan, like the game script, just changes so much. So you really need Andrews to find the end zone. And that's similar for another guy, Robert Tonyan, who was very solid last season, particularly at the end of the year, connecting with Aaron Rodgers. But Rodgers was putrid, was what I wrote down here. He really had the two receptions <laughs> for eight uh, eight yards. So two guys, look, we know what the what the tight end position's like, Gracie. Other than those first few guys, you're really relying on touchdown. So are you panicking on any of these guys just yet, or are you going to wait it out for a couple? Oh, I, I agree with you on Andrews. I think it's very hard to, to pick a tight end in that Ravens offense, especially with the, you know, the running back situation with Lamar and, and um, Tyson and, and um, Murray. So we'll just, I don't know, wait and see. Wait and see. Um, yeah, it's tough. And Robert Tonyan's a, he was boom or bust last year a little bit. He's a bit more boom early. Um, but yeah, sort of, he did bust in a, in a few games. But it's hard, especially when, the whole Packers team was as putrid as they were. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. I think we need a couple more games. So, we'll, uh, we'll yeah, we'll give them we'll give them to week three. I reckon. All right. So in future shows, we're going to be a little bit more uh, harsh on our tight ends. Yeah. But like, I've been in what do they call it, tight end jail or whatever in years gone by. We just can't find one that works. And they always score when they're on your bench. But let's get moving through here, Gracie. A couple of things that we like to throw at everyone each week is going to be some defensive special team streamers. Hopefully, you can pick up off your waiver wire. I've got three I'm just going to throw out there that are worth picking up. A couple of these guys for a few weeks. Firstly is the Saints. We saw what they did to Aaron Rodgers. 
They've got Sam Darnold and the Panthers up. Of course, Christian McCaffrey is sitting on that offense, but I'm going to roll them out in a couple of leagues this week. Next one is the Cleveland Browns. Their schedule for the next few weeks is actually pretty nice, so I'm going to roll with them in a couple of leagues if you can pick them up. The last one is the Arizona Cardinals. More for the personnel, man. Like, lots of bars around this defense. Chandler Jones is fresh off five sacks against poor old Ryan Tannehill. And, of course, J.J. Watts in town. They've got Minnesota, and then they've got Jacksonville. So, a couple of guys there. If they're available on your waiver wire, throw them on your bench, chuck them in your lineup, and we're going to cover a few defenses each week because we've got to look after the DST, Gracie. Absolutely not. Yeah, agree with all, all of those, Fitzy. You know, there's a couple other other streaming op- options. Uh, I think Washington, Washington's got a good matchup this week as well. Uh, Patriots um, have a good good matchup too. So, um, and and Patriots um, keep in mind, Fitzy, they got a lot of players back that opted mm. out of the 2020 season. So, um, you know, they 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 actually looked alright against the Dolphins. Uh, I think they scored seven fantasy points. Only obviously just lost that game, but. Um, Keep an eye out for the uh, the Patriots defense this week as well. Another one if they're available and you can't get one of the three that you've already mentioned. Absolutely. And we'll roll through the second last section of the show. And I should have said off the top that the what we're going to do at the end of every show is Gracie's going to give us a bold call of the week. And we've already thrown a few doozies in for this show. But before we get there, let's talk about a few waiver wire pickups. And of course, because we've released this show a little bit later in the week, there's a chance that these guys have already been picked up. But we'll cover them quickly anyway and a few extra points on top. But Elijah Mitchell was the first guy I had off the rank there, Gracie. As you mentioned, you missed out on him and you had the number four waiver wire priority. But Jeff Wilson, for me, is Still a guy, if you can pick him up for free, throw him on your IR if you've got a spot there and just see what happens. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree there. And, and there's some uh, some good picks. Chris, I think Christian Kirk might still be available as well, Fitzy. So, um, you know, good good pick there. And, and Tony Jones Jr. watching that that game, he was he was quite did quite well in the uh, opportunities he got um, as Kamara's backup. So, it's a few nice pickups that you can get this week. But um, as we said. You said earlier in future we'll uh, release these a little bit earlier so you can yeah. uh, get high on all yeah. on those yeah. uh, options. Hey, what a couple of these guys might still be on your waiver wire. Kenneth Gainwell, uh, of course, for the Eagles. He found the end zone. He's the clear cut back up to Miles Sanders, but I reckon he can form a role in that offense. Mark Ingram, of course, we've already mentioned. He's probably been picked up by me in your league. Tony Jones Jr. was the guy who's definitely come across as the clear backup. Latavius Murray's left at the Saints. So he's one just to keep on your roster, particularly if you're a Camara owner. I'd be stashing him just in case. Christian Kirk, as you, as you mentioned there, he's clearly going to have some work alongside DeAndre Hopkins. He scored a couple of touchdowns on the weekend. And lastly there, I've thrown the boy we spoke about right at the start, Jameis Winston. If you're looking for a quarterback, he's owned in almost 50% of ESPN leagues. But look, he could be anything this year. We've seen him finish close to top five there a couple of years ago in Tampa. Bay. He really could be anything, but as you mentioned, Gracie, we'll get the shows out a little bit earlier just so we can give some advice on the waiver wire. But before we wrap up, you've got to give me this bold call because I haven't heard it yet, so I'm very interested to see. We're going to ruffle some feathers on this show. you got no idea these Aussie guys trying to talk NFL, but throw us your bold call for week two. I'm going to I'm gonna go with it that Aaron Rodgers scores less than 1.32 points. Oh, wow, okay. Okay, all right. Just gonna leave so, that one right there. I'm leaving that one right there. They play the they play the Lions, so yep. he shouldn't. They should have a, he should have a field day, but um, that's my bold call is that uh, Rogers stinks it Love up it. again. So. Love it. Are you expecting him to get injured or just be terrible? Oh well, probably terrible, but uh, no, they <laughs> they should be all right against the Lions. 
<laughs> love it. Well, that is definitely a bold call. And what way to kick off our first show and then with the boldest of calls, Gracie. That was brilliant. But hey, thanks for joining me. It's been a bunch of fun, guys. This is our first episode. We're going to be sort of chopping and changing a bit each week as this show sort of forms into what it is. But give us a follow on Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fanatics, part of the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. Thank you, Gracie. Good luck to your team. Good luck to Alvin Kamara, of course. If he sucks, I'm going to be yeah. wearing my jersey next week. Don't you worry about that. I might uh, be MIA, missing it. Oh, yeah. So. Find another <laughs> co-host, but hey, good luck to your teams. The other thing I'll quickly mention is if you've got any questions or anything you want us to sort of discuss on the show, hit us up online, Twitter. We'll be around. You'll be able to find us very quickly. Uh, tune in on your favorite podcast network, of course. But until next week, uh, all the best in fantasy, and we'll see you after week two. Yeah, my call uh, to the end, Fitzy, is uh, to our American mate, uh, Jerry, who goes for the Titans. Tighten up. <laughs> That's a great line to end the show on. We'll see you next week. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. GreyWolfEntertainment.net.